You look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since getting picked last for Dodgeball. Now kids reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we find Seeker Valleys and Random Horses as we review The Young Black Stallion. But first, Eddie, you've been all over the place. You've been on some, some trips here and there. What's going on? What's happening with you and the family? It's been a while. We it, it has been a while since we've we've chatted. Um, first of all, I have to say you wrote the intro, and that that hits a little too close to home um, <laughs> for the both of us. I'm a little. I, you, I, I was truly picked last. Like you have a little bit more a little athletic bit. talent than me. I'm not saying you're I can like fake it. You're you're. Did did you feel like you got hit with a dodgeball? But to your heart, I was always the kid like, I'm not going to try too hard at this because I, I fail at the things that I try too hard. But Frisbee, but Frisbee, I, you were you were right up there. You were one of the I top am Frisbeeers. I am. Uh, Discurs, when it comes to ultimate, the first, yeah. ultimate Frisbee, uh, I was really good at. Um, I was on an ultimate Frisbee um, intramural team. In you took college. it very seriously. Took it very seriously. And then, um, yeah, I'm decent at disc golf. Um, you know, I've been I've been known to to shoot par. You know, not too bad, not too bad. Um, no, but from uh, family wise, we are. Um, Lewis is like four and a half. Like he feels more like a five year old. We feel like we've tipped over. You know how you yeah. just kind of mm-hmm. you feel these moments. And you spend so much time together on trips and you, you know, you just get a little bit more time. You really feel that. And right now um, he is trying to constantly discern whether or not you are serious about something or if you're joking. <laughs> are you joking? Are well, you joking? And his way of asking is he'll go, Daddy, you be kidding. Daddy, you be, you be kidding. Uh, it is it's adorable it's cute but it's also like constant like um and you would think like by the tone of my voice you would discern i am not be kidding i am being very (laughs) serious right now and you need to listen and obey me you know (laughs) but it's so hard because you're just like you're coming down hard on something of like you know you need to listen and obey me right now like this could have serious consequences if you don't. And then he asks that, like, Daddy, you be kidding. And it just breaks me every time. And it's all I can do not to not to laugh right right in the midst of it all. Yeah, ours is definitely, are you joking? Are you joking? And and he loves it. He loves it most of the time. I'm not. I'm I'm joking. Well, and it's interesting because they can't. They can't figure those things out. Like they just don't have enough life, you know, and this is, this is yeah. how they learn. They got to learn it. Um, and it's all those things where I'm also, I was thinking about this today. There's your role as a parent is to like be the, the, the beating bag, like the punching bag for Literally. your kids to learn all of the things not to do to other people. <laughs> 
we don't do this. We don't do this. Right. Oh, yeah. No, like we don't. And the uh, God bless Bluey. We we do love Bluey. But the whole climbing daddy mountain. Mm -hmm. My kids want to constantly climb daddy mountain. And it's just like, no, daddy mountain has a raging headache right now and can't handle being climbed on top of right now that's most of my time whenever i come home from work is just lay on the carpet and then the kids jump and climb climb and do whatever but then sometimes uh they jump really hard at me they bounce off and then they hit the ground and then they look (laughs) at you like you did something yeah yeah like why did you do this to me it's like do you know how much pain i endure for you for you to grow up and you know be a normal human being lord willing (laughs) But enough about me. We have a ton, a ton of Disney news to get to uh, before we review this riveting film that we have before us today. We'll leave a lot Uh, of time for the young black stallion. That's for sure. Lots of time. We got to we got to do all this. Um, But the the big impetus reason uh, catalyst for all of this news. uh, What now? Two weeks ago. Disney had their first earnings call um, since Bob Iger took back over as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And, you know, these earnings calls are, you know, lots laid out, scripted, but it's for management, higher ups to speak directly to investors. And also, um, you know, I don't think on this one that there are questions i don't recall this one having questions sometimes they do um so with that he uh shared quite a lot jb you want to kick us off yeah i mean the big the big news is that uh they're going to start pulling back the reins on the disney plus content that was one of the big nuggets from this from this earnings call (laughs) is they've just been spending 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 and the best way uh you can kind of describe it that i've heard described is that netflix kind of set the set the tone for this but they just spent to get into the game and then mm-hmm. as all these other ones started spinning up theirs they started having to spend as well because the idea was subscribers 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 well very recently all of these platforms started changing to profitability they finally had to start answering to their to their stockholders Hey, how come you guys are still a loss leader? Why are you still mm-hmm. wasting money? Not wasting, but yeah, wasting money. But why are you losing money? We want to start. Rec- we want to start seeing some of that money back. And basically, Netflix has been the only one to not to basically earn profitability. Um, and so, basically, this is the first big pullback. Even after they just like a year ago launched that, hey, these are all the new shows coming. Here's yeah. all the new content. And they're basically Marvel is the big, big, the big one here that is going to have to change a lot of what they're doing. Yeah, which I think is good in the long run. I think one of the things that we've seen from this phase four is an oversaturation. Yep. There's just been way too much. It hasn't been this nearly the same level of of, of storytelling. Yeah, like four um, to five different series in the same, plus all the movies and. and one I stopped watching, even though you begged me, begged me begged to continue to watch it over and over. Um, and the other She-Hulk, I have not watched a single minute of that show. So I have no <laughs> interest whatsoever. Um, yeah, 
Um, so I, I, I think overall, I think this is a, a win, um, especially for Marvel content. I think that this will um, maybe help, you know, raise the bar, focus in on a few really good things. Yeah. So there were supposed to be uh, five different series to come out this this year in 2023. What if season two uh, Echo, which is a branch off of the Hawkeye series, Loki season two, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, as well as um, the 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 um, ah, I can never never remember the name of it. The hidden um, there's a ser- another series that was supposed to happen. Or was that a no? That secret invasion. Secret invasion is the one with Nick Fury. Nick Fury, yeah. yes. So those there was a bunch of gonna going to be a bunch of new content for Marvel out this this year, and basically the only things that I'm seeing, according to the Hollywood Reporter, that that should most likely come out this year, and the rest of it's kind of a giant question mark, is Loki and Secret Invasion, both of which That's are what very, I heard too. They're both very pivotal. And very big, and they're the the closest one to being going. But specifically, Echo, Ironheart, and Agatha, Covenant Chaos. All of those are like they might get pushed a year. Yeah, uh, or uh, I think Agatha was the only one that I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's intriguing. Um, I like Catherine Hahn. I think you know the characters. I'd be sad if if she got her whole show cut, though. I'd be yeah, so sad. I, I would be that, but I think. I think that's the only one I would be sad over. Like none of the other ones was I like, ooh, that sounds interesting. I just think that Ironheart and Echo both, I'm sure, will play into the overall narrative. I'm interested to see how that. I mean, I- Ironheart was in Wakanda Forever. Yep. So that, yeah, I could see that. I can make, could understand that. I'm just interested to see how many of these are oh, because they have just this tight web of all the show now the shows and the and the movies are like integral whereas when we first started there was kind of this idea oh you only have to watch the movies and we'll let you know what happens now all that's out the window all of it's well, out it, the window is it though because WandaVision was amazing and then they just chucked it out the window for Doctor Strange but you still had her kids in that and if you just jumped in they're like what are all these kids? What are they all these kids doing? Yeah, I'm still bitter at that movie. It's a little Undoing that uh, and how great that was. Uh, the other part of this is Star Wars. Um, I mean, we didn't get anything announced, just hinted, nudged at, um, was the idea of seeing more Star Wars films. Yes. And possibly, and I, I, I don't did they come out right and say it or is it more alluded at with the Marvel stuff that you'll probably see a slowing of even some of the Star Wars TV content? I haven't seen anything about that yet unless I missed that part in the article. The Star Wars feels like it's they're not pushing it back but they're actually going to revive the theatrical like theatrical yeah. is really where they're going to start putting more of their bread and butter back into that like they need to make make these this these tentpole films and there's no star wars films or even even a slot for a star wars film is basically where we're at now until 2025 um but i think that the um damon lindelhoff that's going to be the next one that's going to actually hopefully get um into theaters here which i'm super excited about because i've been dying dying for more actual star wars movies to be able to go see in theaters for sure. I, I There was multiple moments with Andor in particular that I thought, 
this this would play really cool up on a big screen. Like, I just want to see this up on something big. Um, I mean, this might be jumping ahead a little bit with all the sequels, but did you hear the announcement that they are also looking at extending the theatrical release windows? Oh, yeah. That the previously, I think they were saying like 45 days, it looks like that they're going to extend that out even further. Back to 90 uh, days, like most films? Yeah, um, they didn't come out and say exactly. I think the quote was more along the lines like, and we're exploring extending out these theatrical windows. Because the thing we were mad about, they took Pixar and went straight to Disney Plus during COVID. And then they brought it back to theaters and people were like, well, I'll just wait. Yep. Well, in in, in essence, I think that is the big learning from, from all of this is they took... Two, three of their strongest um, uh, brands, Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar, and made them just streaming content, Mm -hmm. right? And it did nothing for them. It didn't do, you know, so you took three very strong brands, reduced them, I'll say that, to a streaming content. And it didn't lift up streaming. It didn't make it, you know, the the new place to go. I think what they're learning is streaming replaces DVDs. <laughs> Stream, you know, you know what I mean. Like it doesn't replace the theater. It doesn't replace, you know, trying to push things into the zeitgeist. And the problem with that is that AMC doesn't realize that they're having a problem getting people into theater. So they're now changing their ticket prices to like events where now I heard sit, about this. Yeah. So if you want to sit in the middle section in the best seats, you now have to pay more than someone on the outskirts on like no. the aisles and on the edges. And I'm like, you guys realize that you're giving people less incentive to come to the theater, right? Like, oh, it's going to cost me more now. I know. And I know people are like, well, it's going to be cheaper on the, I don't care about any of that stuff. Like I always sit in the middle. Yeah. One, my, my theater doesn't even have assigned seating. Like it's an older, it's an older model theater. And so they, they're going to have to revamp all of that. And I'm just like, how is raising prices going to actually make this a more? bring me bring people back to the theater so i think we're in a weird spot now where ton of things shifted to to streaming online and then now they're like oh we're not making the money that we hoped okay let's try to recoup let's try to get back to where we were at which is already kind of declining and it's a it's a messy middle it's it's going to be really rough for a while Well, and I think that's why Disney is pivoting and saying, okay, then let's let's bring back the stuff we know makes money in the box office. That's why Frozen 3 is announced. Ooh. Toy Story 5 is announced. Oh, um, I can't, I, you say this next one. Zootopia 2, the sequel to Zootopia. Yeah. I know you really? hate that one. Here's my question. I, I, we've been waiting for a Frozen three. That was not. That's not crazy. Like, w- it was going to happen. They, they couldn't not do it. But I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, and I'm out of all of these. Even let's, th- uh, even though it was previously announced, let's just throw in there Inside Out two, right? Um, I would say I was most excited to hear about a Frozen three. Because I particularly loved Frozen 2. I thought it was a very strong story. Um, 
the the songs, everything. Like I'm like, okay, I felt like you you matched the the original. Toy Story five. Where do you think they're gonna go with it? They're gonna follow Buzz or they're gonna follow Woody? Which one? Well, so that's that's what's perplexing in all of this is it and probably what I struggled the most with Toy Story four. I think, my personal opinion, what makes the three originals so strong is they are this buddy movie, right? Like you get Buzz and Woody. You get this great playing off of the two characters. In four, four is a Woody movie through and through. I just rewatched it with the kids. And Buzz is an afterthought. Like there were so many moments in that movie where I'm like, they're just... They're going, oh, we need more buzz. Um, what can we do here with buzz? That that was this the sense that I got. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, I I'm afraid they're gonna go off with just uh I mean, they have to go off with Woody. Buzz just got his own standalone movie and it didn't do that great. So I think they gotta like pivot, go, nope, nope, we're going Woody again. So I could see that being some grand epic adventure with Woody and, and Bo, Bo Peep. Peep. But then we discover that something has happened to Buzz and Woody has to go no. and save Buzz. We've said goodbye. We've said goodbye. That's why this movie should not exist. I agree. We've already oh, said goodbye to everybody. It right. should not exist. We don't need this. I will probably still go see it, but it shouldn't exist. And I don't know what is going to be so compelling. It's going to be shoehorned to get them back together. That's what I'm afraid of this film. That's, I'm so afraid that it, that's what's going to happen is what you've just laid out. I, I, I would, I would, I would put this on similar footing with um, cars on the road. I felt like have I mean, have you watched? Yes. I'm waiting cars to on see where we're going to take this. That's why I stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt like they had a few random ideas for a new cars movie. And somebody just spoke up and just went, no, let's just let's just let it be. How about we just throw these on like a little series. series, a little limited series. And that played so much better as just a quick great. limited series. It was great. If you would have tried to make that into a full movie, though, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. And I think that's I think we're going to have the opposite with Toy Story 5. I think Eddie. we're going to get this little stream of little things. And we're going to get to the end of the movie and just go, if you would have just made like a little limited series, maybe that would have worked. But I don't see that this is going to work. I think this four was the edge of like, I think you've over you've overstayed your welcome. It looked beautiful. It looked beautiful. It still did quite well compared to what like with with what it had to work with and what it was. Five like is going to be the moment where we go too, Come on. Too, much, too much of a good thing. Forky is amazing. I love Forky. Forky is one of my favorite instant classic character. But at the same time, you kind of, they dodged a bullet. They sh- This movie shouldn't have happened. Toy Story 5 should still not happen. I'm going to put my stake in the ground. I am very intrigued by what they, and scared of what they're going to try to do with that. Yeah, it, it'll be, I don't know. It's it's shocking that they're they pulled on Toy Story. I feel like they have so many other big successes. Moana. Well, I mean, you're looking Pixar, right? So, oh, sorry, yes. 
Zootopia and Frozen are two from Walt Disney Animation. Um, Toy Story 5 and Inside Out 2 are your two from Pixar. I just feel like, okay, let me ask you this question then. If, if, if they didn't pull on Toy Story, what other Pixar franchise, franchise, quote unquote, would you want them to create or go into another? I know mine. Oh, I know you already. So Moana is Disney animation. That's why you were saying that that one, that one. Wouldn't, right. Wouldn't so work. I'm saying to you what Pixar. Okay. So they've already, they, they are doing inside out. So there we go. They could have done something more with Coco. That would have been, been fun. Although it's a very specific area. Although and you're giving the hands down. No, 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 no. Coco stands, stands on its own. So well, so well, just let Coco be. Even just saying that they were going to go after another. Um, I know they just, it just came no, that's 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 not Pixar, man. I'm having a hard time now because they've done a lot of sequels inside of there, and some of the older ones, like uh, um, A Bug's Life, that's way too old to suddenly mm-hmm. try to do another one. Like some of the classics are so early on, man. That's a hard one. What what is it for you then? Which one would you like to see them re- revisit? I'd like to see a third Incredibles. Oh, round out that story. Yeah, yeah. I think I think. I think that would have been a smarter move to go, go incredible, like make Incredibles a full on. You've already got two solid, really good films there. Let's, let's really, let's, let's take that one home. I think that no one good could, dinosaur. Could you, don't want, money. you don't want to see a bad dinosaur. No, no, I'm good. I'm good with that one. Um, I honestly, uh, we've talked about this one a lot. It has grown on me slowly and is now becoming more and more one of Lewis and I's favorites. I could go for another Onward. Yep, that I think, would have a I lot of material. That's got a, that's a strong world, great characters. I think you could you could do something really really great there. So that's where I'm perplexed. Like, why are we dipping back into Toy Story? Because it's the original. It's the OG. They got to keep mining that for for new stuff. Uh, But and I mean, it drives multiple elements of the business, right? Like everything. There are so many Toy Story lands all around in the parks. Like they've got to think, Okay, we can't just we need box office, but we also need people coming into the parks and spending money and merchandising like Toy Story is out the wazoo with with merchandising. That's where Cars on the Road. It, I was shocked how much merchandising they did for that show. Um, it's like, well, yeah, of course, that's that was the bread and butter of the whole Cars thing is you can sell a ton of merchandise. Yeah, that's that that, that's why I think that. Um, yeah, I would In- say if you've got tar- Toy Story and you've got Cars, those are the two biggest Pixar properties um franchises whatever inside of the the bigger uh franchise yeah there's i i understand why they did it but i'm still like we don't we don't need more more movies just just re just come out with limited edition blah 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 blah. i i I, as much as they're risky and there's been some huge uh fire and miss lately i i do love original story like give give me something new give me something that i i didn't know i wanted i didn't know um, that i wanted a panda you know movie. i didn't want that and i still don't want it <laughs> um but like something like luca i would love to i have that for me i think is still going to come out of this like two three year period that'll be my favorite pixar film of all of the of the ones that have come out recently and 
I, I'm sad that I didn't get to see that up on the big screen. I think that's a beautiful movie and would have loved to have seen it up there. Another thing that was kind of buried inside of all of these uh, reports that came out uh, was that there were 7,000 employees laid off from Disney, a lot from the Disney Plus Plus area. You've got, you got strong feelings about the study. I, I see you're leaning into the mic already. <laughs> And I take a deep breath. Well, I mean, this is happening across the board. Um, And from what I've read and listened to, it looks like, especially in the tech industry, it's the magic number is all these businesses have decided somewhere around 6%. Um, And so it's like, hmm, I feel like there was a little backroom negotiations. Yeah. The thing with the Disney employees laid off, um, what's funny, um, not funny at all, uh, a lot of those jobs are already unfilled, that they are posted jobs to be filled, and they're just not going to fill them. So to say that 7,000 employees are being laid off isn't totally true. Like, there's 7,000 positions being eliminated is, is the more accurate way, though that the way it's been kind of put out there is a little different. And what I read is a lot of those is coming from marketing, hmm. that apparently Disney has still had a lot of people like for magazine and newspaper and like old school marketing that they've been just carrying these positions um and so uh, some of that is like nope we're you know google ads does a lot of that work for us we don't need to pay somebody to act like they are yeah and i think that was some of what the whole nelson pelt's try on proxy fight was over that was one of their big tenets was making the cuts to stop overspending on all of these things and and laying off some of the workers was a piece of that too and that's why they came out and said that basically they're done with their fight. They're done. You, we've been appeased. We don't need to be in this fight anymore. Well, the, suddenly the it's num- all better. The number one thing that he was looking for was he wanted the stock dividend returned. And that was the other thing that Iger announced in this call is that by the middle of this year, the stock dividends will be returned to uh, stockholders. So th- that's really what this guy was was hunting for he wants more money he doesn't want just he doesn't <laughs> the want good just of the park they bring the, the magic value back. no 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 you just want money this is all this comes down to i thought it was, so so inter- that's what's I thought it was interesting that suddenly oh they we they have met all of our demands we've moved mm-hmm. on we didn't need the board the f- board all along see and i'm just like it feels so fishy like when is when are they going to come back with more demands like later on when something doesn't go their way when they don't actually spend you know pay out the stock dividend you know <laughs> I, that's what it comes down to and um i think you know also within this you had the reorganization of the company with ESPN parks and then all other media um so there's a lot of speculation are they going to sell off ESPN are they not yeah. Um, there, he also made a comment on the call about Hulu, where people thought it was just a sure bet that in 2024, when they get the option to buy Comcast remaining third, that they were just going to do that. 
Iger alluded to the fact of like, no, actually, we may be willing to sell our part to them or whatever. Wow. Um, which reignites this whole conversation over uh, the consolidation that we're going to we're going to see streaming shrink, um, which needs to happen. It desperately needs to happen. But the price will um, go up as it shrinks. Oh, yes, yes. And that's what Disney needs right now. That's what they need in the next two years. They need cash because they're sitting on $38 billion in debt. But, um, you know what they need to baby step their way out? Yes, they do. Yeah, they need the debt snowball. <laughs> um, how do you what debt is your, snowball what is that your much? Low, yeah, what is your lowest debt? <laughs> is it $7 billion? Is it $3 billion? <laughs> Well, we bought this massive thing called Fox and had to put most of that on a credit card. And yeah, so that will that's the big thing hanging over all of them is just the mountain of debt. And they're going to they need to start paying these stockholders their dividends and their their parts of it all. So and you know what's not going to help with that? What? Uh, doesn't look like Ant-Man and the quant and quantum mania is going to help with that too much. No, they, they actually were happy with that number. That's what they all they were happy. Yeah. With they, 120. Yeah. They were, they said that that's one of the best February openings. Seems low for a, a Marvel. So it's 240 million, um, global for the opening weekend. Uh, it's the number, the best figure from an Ant-Man film. Oh, okay. from from its open from an opening Ant Man um, release. Uh, China did not do very well, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Um, but 120 was what they were expected to make, and that uh, turned out good. They're they're not getting very good word of mouth after the like p- exit exit um, polling after after the movie. Um, people seeing the movie. It's the but, first time I've ever heard exit polling used for a movie. Exit polling. The exits, receipts. I forget what the, the term is for it. Basically asking people, did you like the film? Did you not? Um, so are people not liking it? Uh, there is mixed reviews. Uh, Rotten Tomato is not favorable for it Ooh. right now. But Eddie, you have not seen this film yet. So I do not want to sway you any which direction. If you have a chance to see it this weekend, then we can talk about it on the podcast next week. I'm going to try. I, I, I do want to see it. Um, I mean, Marvel movies are still fun spectacles to go. Like you and I both don't need too much of a reason or an excuse to go to the movies. Um, though I missed a couple of windows here. Um, just with everything that we've had going on yep. there, a couple of movies came out for one week and one week only here what? and then left the theater. Uh. Like, I wanted to see the Fablemans, and it's already gone. Uh, it's only out for one yeah, week. I want to see that too. It's um, got Oscar buzz. And then M Night Shyamalan's new movie, Knock at the Cabin. Big um, M Night Shyamalan fan over there. Ah, uh, but it it was in and out within a week, and so I missed it all. So this will be my excuse to get back to the movies as soon as family is healthy enough that I can slip out for a little bit. So we'll see you. I'm assuming you saw it. Yes, I went and saw it and I'm, I'm waiting for you to finish it up so that we can have a good, healthy conversation about that. Hopefully next week. 
Did you pay to sit in the middle of the theater? The theater that I went to does not currently have that <sighs> pay structure. Dodgeable. So okay. I sat wherever I pleased for a matinee price. <laughs> Look at you. Such a communist. Such a communist. Not in favor of the free market. Come on. No, not at all. But I am in favor <laughs> of us actually finishing off today's episode uh, with the movie that we are here to talk about as we close out 2003. This is the last air quote film of 2003 before we head into the last two years on this journey as we go from 1988 to 2005 aka our childhood but today's film is the movie that i didn't even know existed until i had to turn on my tv and figure out what the movie was we were supposed to be watching this weekend and that is the young black stallion cue the disney sound effect Okay, IMDb description for The Young Black Stallion is this. Just hold on hold on to your horses, Eddie. It's going to take a little bit. A young girl befriends a wild black stallion. That's it. That is the exact IMDb description. Uh, okay. And they spent about as much time on that description as they did on this story <laughs> for this film. <laughs> Eddie, what were your reactions? Because I'm guessing you didn't had never seen this film before. I had never seen this film before. Um, my first reaction was like, as I go to like cl- tap on it on my iPad to watch it, I went, "Wait, what does that say? Does that say 51 minutes? 51 minutes?" And I like, no, no, like, and so I thought there was like an issue with Disney Plus. <laughs> So I like literally started it, then paused it, scrubbed to the end and went to see the timestamp. Uh, oh, this is only 51 minutes. Okay. Scrub, you know, back to 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 the beginning. Then uh, this story starts with a lot of me scrubbing. Um, <laughs> the movie starts with a white stallion running through a thunderstorm. Yes. And I and I have the thought like, hmm. I thought this was the young black stallion, right? Interesting. Then there's like a flash of lightning and all of a sudden the horse turns black. And I'm like, what? Huh? Is this how this th- this movie's about like a like a magical horse that And then I'm going, no, there's not maybe that horse was black at the beginning. So I scrub back to the back <laughs> of the movie again. And I'm watching it and I pause it and I'm like no, no, that's a that is a white horse. That is definitely a white horse. And so I I start this movie so confused, totally bamboozled. And it's not, you know, until 10, 15 minutes in that you like, oh, like There's she gave horses. birth to this horse. But the way that it's filmed, the way that it's thrown out, like it looks like the horse magically turns black, in my opinion. The the weird shaping of some of the rocks in that opening scene made me yeah. think that it was on the moon. Yes. I'm like, are yes. they in another world? I, I have the same exact What thought. is going on here? I'm going, is this that's why I'm going, is this is this magical? Is this it's a magic like force. maybe this this is like some science fiction film set somewhere else? Because I have no context for this movie whatsoever. As you just described for us, the description gives you nothing. 
nothing. Less than zero. <laughs> and so I thought the same thing. I'm like, this is a magical horse set like on another planet or something. And then like, then all of a sudden we're in the Sahara Desert and it's, and then there's like Nazi tanks. Yep. Right. So I'm like, that look like well, toys. Co- that look like uh, t- toy tanks. Uh, my, my, my initial thought is like, of course, this is the Nazis fault. Everything is the Nazis <laughs> fault. <laughs> Some really beautiful, really, really red sunsets, like overly saturated sunsets. Yes. And like 17 of them of the same thing over and over and over again. And I, I feel for the editor because the editor must have known, like, I, I have 30 minutes worth of material here and I have got to, you've, you've sat there more than me. You know, when you've got to, you've got to stretch, gotta something. stretch this thing. We got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of montages we got it that we got to do here. And about the fifth sunset or sunrise, I'm like, okay, I know what you're doing here. You're trying to make this. A f- not a 50 minute film, a 51 minute film. And that extra minute is sunsets and sunrises. The thing that I, that was like baffling to me was this girl was apparently stranded in the desert for days and looked like she had barely gotten dirty. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like no, like cracking of the Oh yeah. That, that's the key characteristic. That's in every, always the every characteristic. Film. The cracked no. lips, no. She's a little dusty. Could could do with a little little shake, and then that like to get it all off. That was baffling to me. And then she somehow lives through all of this with the horse. The horse saves her life or something. And then she doesn't see the horse for a year, and then it comes back on the day, like days before the next race or whatever. I'm like, what is but even, going on? I. I didn't track all of that. Like you saying that now, I'm just now. You didn't see the giant scrawl that said uh, one year later. <laughs> no, I must have nope. like passed out for a second because I, I totally missed that. No, the whole the, there is no real plot to this thing. It no. she go they go they're migrating through the desert. Then some bad guys come in and break it up. But then the grandpa still lives, even though he got like. His whole caravan got taken over. Couldn't the girl just stay there? Did she really need to run off if the grandpa was going to be fine all along from Monsoon or whatever they, the dude's name the dude's name is that took over? I'm I the this story. There's no. it is there is no story that and it's it's so hard to track. Like I had to look this up and go, wait, why why was this even made? Can I tell you why this was made, Eddie? I have a guess, but please tell me. There's a little thing that was that I don't know if it was at the bottom of the poster or in the credits or whatever, or it was. But in my research, what it said is this was movie was not made for TV. This was made for IMAX. Yes. Exclusively in IMAX theaters. This was like, so growing up, we talk about that on this podcast that I didn't go see didn't get to go to the theater. till I was later on in high school before that happened. But the one place that we did get to go see movies in theaters was at the history museum with yep. the IMAX. And that's where we saw things like Lewis and Clark 
traversing through through America. Um, other educational films like that, where it's dramatized, but it's based on a based on narrative. This is that. This is a hundred percent what I would have seen with my family at the IMAX at the Natural History at the History Museum. Which makes sense. The runtime of fifty-one minutes. Okay, now that makes sense. The crazy because- t- amount of of oversaturated sunsets. You want to get that big spectacle yeah, for the IMAX yeah. theater. Um, you know, those movies are always 45 minutes to an hour tops. Yeah. Uh, so that way you can get multiple showings. No and, name actors in it. <laughs> right. Right. I, and the, the cinematography is probably the strongest point of this whole film. That's where they spent all their money on just that cinematography. <laughs> You've got great, um, I don't know. I mean, is this a, a helicopter shots flying through the valleys, like these canyons, like you, it is a, oh, this is the Sahara Desert. Like, this is North Africa. Okay. that That's, it, it could play just as much as like a nature documentary as anything. The, the place where they shot her training the horse was so incredible. Like, looked Beautiful. like straight out of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Kind of a world and made me go like, how did you get here from the desert? But maybe geographically. Geographically, they're close together or whatever. Well, they filmed it in, this is interesting, they filmed it in South Africa and in uh, Namibia, um, which is got the deserts, but it also has a lot of those green kind of hidden areas, kind of like the jungly Africa parts as well, which North Africa really doesn't. Like North Africa is the Sahara Desert. I, I want to dig in and make and talk about the story, but there really isn't much of one here. It's a girl. She gets lost in the desert. The finest magical horse that leads her back. Her grandpa lost all the horses because of this, these invaders and he had to sell everything off. And now a year later, the horse comes in, they train it and then they go do this big race. Like that's, that's it. Oh, and I forgot grandpa. Uh, was too busy at the hookah bar to take care of the the little girl. And so then the little girl entered the thing and he didn't realize till it was too late. There you go. Murmur. Uh, I think I, I don't know. Would, if you would have seen this on an IMAX screen, do you think that it would change your opinion of this at all? When I was 12, maybe I would have <laughs> liked watching this. You, you were quite the horse lover at 12. Quite the horse lover prevalent it was begging my parents to buy me a pony when it's growing up <laughs> no but yeah. even now like like i'm sure some of those things would have been cool to see in an imax like some of those vistas and stuff like that but overall if th- there was no character person scenario that i was like fighting for like maybe a little bit in the horse race that she would win but you knew she was gonna win like there was no right. there's no no other way no, and she, and of course, she had all of one training montage to show that she had some level of skill or whatever. That that was that's what did this movie in for me is we didn't get the epic training montage. Where she goes from oh she falls off the horse, then I, I need breaks more. the horse to get to keep her yeah. on. No, it was too easy. Give me give me a true epic training montage. That's what could have, I mean, you could have given me a good 10 minute training montage. Mm-hmm. And could that, okay. We could, could have gotten a solid hour. Eddie, I think I know what, where he, they could have cherry picked one from. 
Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. They could have pulled it from that. And I just love that you remember that movie. Oh, it's inscribed in my in my psyche for the rest of my life. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. Classic. Classic. Uh, Did you notice the producers on this? They had big name producers on this. Yeah, you had Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, a couple other like yeah, heavy heavy hitters here. And somehow this thing still bombed. I think you you hit the nail right on the head. Um, they needed IMAX content. This okay, light story, somewhat based off of something Disney's already known for with the Black Stallion. Um, let's let's just do this. Slap Disney's name on it, and it'll make more than what it would without it. I'm just a little disappointed in ourselves for not catching this beforehand and taking this off of our list. <laughs> there have been other films we've taken off for less. For, for yeah, I mean. We probably it, didn't need it, to do this film. Uh, yeah, but it gave us a reason to spend more time on a lot of Disney news that came out this yeah, week. Yeah, there you so. go. We, we, we are able to compensate and still get this into a 45-minute, 50-minute episode. I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that our ratings are going to be the same this time. I'm just wondering how I can change it so that it's not the same. Like, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, it's not as bad as Mr. Magoo, where that was just an appalling film. So I'm still going to give it a one for me. I was that trying to think was, if I should give it like a half or something, but it's not that. It's not, it's not like, that bad. I think we go below one when it's like. Uh, this, this should be stricken from the, our memories record. and yes. all records. Yes. Which is yeah. Mr. Magoo for sure. That is Mr. Magoo. It's gonna, it, for that's sure. Mr. Magoo territory, but it's not that you, you listener do not go see this film. Do not, <laughs> do not go searching for this film it is not worth your time unless you really have a really nice OLED big screen TV projector, something in your house. And, just need content that will be okay for your kids to have on the screen. And if you need that, go watch some like Disney Nature, National That's Geographic, Planet yeah. Earth. Like these Learn are something. that'd be some Learn something. something. Yeah, this is not that. Um, we are in agreement. I am a one solid one. Um, not the worst thing that we've watched, but definitely not going to watch it ever again. And with that. Your life, again, has forever been changed by this episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review or share it with your best friend. And uh, you can check us out at HoneyWeMade.com. There you can see our full movie list. We're getting to the bottom of it, um, where we are going through all the Disney movies made from 1988 to 2005, including next week as we review one of JB's favorites, Teacher's Pet. You know me so well, Eddie, but thank you for listening. And remember, you've never seen in your life a horse run like this.